You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Gottlieb. Bills Mafia. Welcome in and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Wandering Buffalo podcast, a show on the Buffalo Fanbase podcast network, the originators of Bills Mafia. Thank you for joining me tonight. Um, just want to start out new season, new setup. It is still a work in progress, but doing some things, trying to make the space a little bit nicer, make the, make the show a little bit better for you uh, fans at home watching on YouTube. So let me know if you like it. Let me know if you want to see any changes. And right off the top of the show, I want to give a shout out to my guy, Nate, um, host of the Circling the Wagons podcast. If you guys are here listening to this, you're probably already listening to his show. Um, just does a phenomenal job over there. But a while back, he had run a contest for, honestly, I don't even remember the context of the contest. Um, but it, it was something to do with um, off-season needs and, and the direction we thought the team was going. And I ended up winning a first Bills giveaway that I've ever won. So shout out to Nate. We got an autographed uh, Fred Jackson jersey in the background there. Uh, one of one of two autographed jerseys I have, and I won't tell you who the other one is right now. Um, so, a few things we want to talk about on tonight's episode. And by the time this is airing, unfortunately, just with our recording times and whatnot, training camp will officially have started. So, very excited that we are already this close to football season. It's it's always strange for me this time of year. It it feels like it feels like simultaneously like the season just ended and like it's been two years since we've watched football. But we're inside fifty days from from the season kicking off. Um, so coming next Monday, we'll have more information on training camp and battles that are going on. Um, but like I said, as of right now, just the timing of our recording. Um, the, the first training camp practice won't have happened in, until we've already recorded. Um, so tonight I just wanted to talk about some of the Madden ratings that have come out. I'm not going to go over everything with it, but just some of the highlights and lowlights. Um, but off the top, I wanted to talk about this Kyler Murray contract extension that just came in. And for me as a Bills fan, this is... A situation that we've talked about in the past with um, Trey White is the first one that comes to mind. Um, Random Bean getting ahead of these monster contracts that are coming and it's kind of able to set the market so we're like oh damn Trey White just got a ton of money he's the highest paid cornerback in the league and it lasts for a literal half an hour um, before other people are signing contracts. Um, so I, I remember when Josh Allen was getting this, you know, mega extension and all this money and how much he was making, and already we're looking at he's the fifth highest paid quarterback in the league now. Um, right now he's sitting behind Rodgers, um, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes. Um, based on the fact that Kyler Murray just signed an extension. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next 
uh, maybe week or two, we see a Lamar Jackson extension. And for the skill sets that they have, I, I would expect that contract to be, you know, right on par with what Kyler Murray got. If not, you know, a little bit more, just kind of the way the market goes that somebody gets paid, the next guy just gets a little bit more and it keeps going up. So we're talking, you know, before before a year into this contract that Josh Allen signed, we're already talking about him being outside the top five um, for money with quarterbacks. And you kind of factor that in with the TV deals coming in and, you know, the cap being expected to have recovered from COVID and, and kind of keep climbing. All of a sudden, that that mega deal that Josh signed, and it looked so daunting at the time, it's already starting to look like a great contract and and just happy and fortunate that we have him locked up long term. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to dive into kind of some of the discussion about the Madden ratings. And, you know, I guess we'll start right there with with Josh Allen. Um, a 92 rating in Madden 2023. And the the first time I looked at this, I was kind of like. Hey, he should be higher than that. Um, so he's four, fourth fourth overall in the game, um, and he's sitting behind Mahomes, Brady, and Rodgers. And when I start looking at it, you know, those are three guys in front of him that, I mean, personally, I think with Josh Allen's physical skill set and everything he brings to the table, I think he could easily be number one of that group, especially we're talking a video game. You know, I, I remember playing Madden with Michael Vick and what a cheat code he was just because you're playing a video game and, you know, the speed and the physicality and all that is just off the charts. Uh, so I would have thought he was a little bit higher. But then I also start thinking about, you know, how many years I've played Madden and, you know, the quarterback carousel that we had in town and... You know, every time I had a team, I was either starting out. The first thing I was doing is trying to trade for a quarterback, or I was I was creating myself as the quarterback, right? Um, so to be able to look at a uh, a game coming out and have the quarterback be a 92 overall, it's it's pretty cool when I take a step back and think about it. Even though I do feel like it was a little bit of a slight to him. Um, will say he has the the strongest arm in the game with a with a 99 throw power on that. So, overall pretty cool there. Um wide receivers, Stefan Diggs comes in as 95, the fifth overall receiver. I don't have any complaints with this. Um there's only one guy in front of him that I think I might put ahead of him at this point. Um so ahead of him, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, you know, the seasons Devontae Adams has had with Aaron Rodgers, it's really hard to argue with that. We'll see what he looks like with the Raiders and, you know, not having Aaron Rodgers. But still, super elite receiver. And then Cooper Cup, obviously just setting records last year, having an amazing season. So no arguments there. Tyreek Hill? Mm. I don't know if that number is going to look quite the same um, with the production he's able to have going from Patrick Mahomes, you know, one of three quarterbacks that's rated higher than Josh Allen 
to uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Um, we'll see. But the the one that I I would kind of argue here, and I guess it's semantics at at four and five, but um, New Hopkins comes in before him at four. I would argue that one to a to a degree, just kind of based on longevity and availability. Uh, Hopkins missed a lot of time last year with injuries. He faced a suspension. Um, Diggs has been healthy. He's been reliable. He's been dangerous. And just two years ago, he led the league in receiving yards. So interesting there for for the number four spot. But like I said, can't can't really be mad with it. And I will say this now. Overall, I think Madden got it pretty right here for for the bills at least there's there's only a few of them that really had my my had me scratching my head um gabe davis and jameson crowder uh, both came in at an 80 and i think that's about right where they both should be i think our expectations for gabriel davis a lot of us might put him higher but you know how many conversations have we had about you know, can Gabe Davis step up into this role? Um, is he going to have, you know, that increased production as the number two receiver? And I'm hoping and I'm confident that, that he will be able to, you know, seamlessly take that step. Um, but sitting right around in, in 80, I think that's I think that's good. And I think it'll end up being a little bit low for him. But I think there's just still kind of that, that, next step that needs to be proven um so as i just got done saying that i pretty much overall overall agree with these rankings uh, i have my first major disagreement and that's at tight end with dawson knox and uh, he comes in at an 83 and he's ranked the 12th best tight end um in the game i know there's a lot to be said here about you know his struggles early on and you know, we're only really talking about one season of production. For me, I, I can't ignore the production that he had last year. He missed time with a broken hand. He still ends up in a four-way tie for the lead in touchdowns in the league. And that's with Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Hunter Henry. I mean, that's that's not something that happens by accident. That's not a flash in a pan here. You know, that's that's three elite level tight ends that you're talking about. And for him to be all the way down at, at 12, I combine that with, you know, his athleticism. Uh, he's still a young guy. He's how last year we were talking about, you know, he's still learning the position. He didn't get a ton of reps in college. You know, they didn't really focus on the tight end in college. I just think that, what he was able to show last year and granted we haven't seen the offense yet but kind of the moves that we've seen throughout the off season i think this offense is going to be a little bit more focused on the tight end than than we've seen in the past few years um bringing in oj howard maybe we're running you know two tight end sets um losing emmanuel sanders and kind of promoting from within at receiver um, drafting some players. I, d- I just think that this is going to end up being, when we look at it in hindsight, the the biggest gaffe on Madden's part. I think 
I think Dawson Knox is probably not quite there yet, but scratching at that elite tier of tight ends. Uh, the running back groom, honestly, wasn't all that surprising to me. Um, we saw it as a whole when we look at the rushing yards for the Bills last year. You know, some pretty good overall numbers um, just based across the league. A lot of that factored in with how much running Josh is able to do and how much production that he has. Um, we also saw a lot of offensive line struggles last year. We've we've talked about this when we talk about Singletary being that lead guy. Um, so the highest one we got here is Singletary coming in at an 81, 28th best running back in the league. And then uh, James Cook, 75. Um, Duke Johnson, 73. Zach Moss, 72. Um, I, I do think it's exciting that you know, James Cook comes in with that 75, leapfrogging some guys on the, the roster, at, at least in this sense. Um, a lot to see there. We haven't seen him play a snap or anything like that. But I think this is a, a room that they kind of rated appropriately based on pass production. And I don't know. I'm, I'm encouraged about the run game this year. I think when we talk about some of the offensive linemen and the changes that were made up front, maybe a little offensive shift in the philosophy – I'm pretty confident that these guys are going to to have a more productive year. Um, I'm kind of in, envisioning a little bit more, I guess probably about the same balance in the run-pass game, um, but just some of the moves that we've made across the, the offensive line, kind of getting getting a couple guys a little more time on task and, and really coming together as a group. Uh, I'm confident that the, the blocking is going to be a bit better, so we're not seeing Singletary you know, seven, eight times a game, making the first guy miss behind the line of scrimmage. Um, so like I said, I think it's a, an appropriate starting point, but I could see I could see by season's end a lot of growth in this room. And then wrapping up the offensive side of the ball, um, the offensive line lineman that we just talked about, and a little bit of a head-scratcher here, uh, in one particular position, but I think the rest is pretty spot on. Um, left to right, Deion Dawkins, 83, 10th overall. I think that's right about where Deion Dawkins is. I think he's, you know, right, right scratching that surface, probably in the top 10 for me, but, but right in that area. Roger Saffold in, in 80, tied for 7th at left guard. And this is... This is the player across the, the offensive line that I'm really excited. I know he's a little bit older in the game, um, but I'm, I'm really excited to see what he brings into this offense, especially being a position where we struggled so much last year, in particular in the run game, which we were just talking about. Uh, Mitch Morse, 79, gives him 12th overall. Uh, Ryan Bates, 71. 27th overall and this is kind of where I start scratching my head um Questenberry coming in at a 73 and he was actually rated higher than Spencer Brown who came in at a 68 and I'd say at least on the offensive side of the ball that's that's my other 
I guess, big gripe right along there with Dawson Knox. And this is nothing against Questenberry. I, I think he was brought in for the, for the reason of, you know, having the starting experience, uh, being able to push the starters, um, being able to push Spencer Brown so that spot's not just given to him. But even Spencer Brown coming in raw last year and needing to develop and, you know, transitioning to uh, that 11-man football later on and being drafted as kind of this project player. We saw it last year that whatever he was doing in practice, it it was too hard to ignore, and we end up seeing Daryl Williams get kicked inside so we can get Spencer Brown on the field. I just, I know there's there's a little bit of homerism here um, where I think a little bit more highly of our players than maybe the league does, but 68 for Spencer Brown seems... That, that seems pretty egregious to me. I, that should definitely be, I, I'd say, at least in the mid-70s. And then the other one here that's a little bit low for me, Ryan Bates. And I get, I, I, I can understand that one. He was kind of this role player, backup depth, you know, can play all the positions, all that. Hell, last year before the season started, I was saying, you know, it's great that he can play all the positions, but I'd rather him play one and do it well. And we see him end up in the line, in the lineup, uh, Feliciano dealing with injuries, you know, kind of just struggling in there. And we see Bates go in and did he set the world on fire? No, I don't think so. But for me, he kind of became that, that steadying presence. And we really saw you know, with him in there at the guard position, the line kind of solidify and start playing better together. Um, so is he much higher than a 71? I, I don't know, maybe. But for my opinion, maybe he should be rated as the weakest link on the line. Not, not sure, but mostly here, the the Spencer Brown one, That's that to me, they're going to have to revisit that four or five weeks into the season. They're going to... They're going to have to adjust that one. That's going to do it for the offensive side of the ball. Um, We're going to take a quick break. Stick around when we come back. We're going to dive into the defense. Hey, this is Bills Vader. Now back to the show. Right, Bills Mafia. Welcome back, and thank you again for joining me today. If you've made it this far in the episode and you haven't done so yet, um... Please go ahead and subscribe to the show. Like I said earlier, we have content coming out every Monday. Make sure you don't miss anything. Hit the notifications doorbell there. Uh, Make sure sure you're catching all our new episodes. We're going to dive back into this week's episode, and we're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to start right off with the top. I'm going to go right to the secondary because I feel like my guys finally got some love that they deserve. Maybe they don't get the All-Pro and the Pro Bowl nods and all that, all those accolades, but Madden got it right. And right off the top, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde um, coming in respectively at 90 for Jordan Poyer and 91 for uh, Micah Hyde. And... That, that's some love. I believe it was Jordan Poyer was sixth overall for his position and Micah Hyde was third. And that's the kind of love that we're always talking about as Bills fans, right? Uh, 
just these two players that are so great individually, but how well they play together. And we see it time and time again. They get snubbed for, you know, this award or that Pro Bowl selection. And I don't know. It, it's Madden uh, ratings. It, it doesn't mean the world, you know. It, it's more about the games on the field and whatnot. But to see to see those two dudes both crack in the 90s, they were both kind of players that were cast off from other organizations. And, you know, they're later in their careers. Seeing that 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 type of thing, if you watch the show, you know I'm not a huge rankings and list guy, but seeing that that brought a big smile to my face. So good on you guys. I'm glad to have them here still. Hopefully the Poyer situation contract deal can work itself out sooner than later. I'm going into the cornerback room. Trey White comes in at number three overall um, with a 93 and. This is one that we've discussed on this show before of is Trey White top 10? Is he top 5? Is he, you know, kind of just a really good system guy and the system makes him look better? Well, for Madden's money, he's the number 3 overall cornerback in the league and I love it. And I'll sit here and I'll still say I don't care if you want to call him top 10, top 5, whatever. I think he's a dog. I think he's a great player. I think he locks down some of the best receivers in the league. And every time I see Trey White on the field, I'm glad that dude's on my team. Um, Taron Johnson comes in at 82. Kyrie Elam at a 73. Taron Johnson's an interesting one to me because I, th- I think the 82 is is a pretty healthy number for him. And I feel like it could be higher. When we're talking about, you know, being so recently removed for him being benched for Cam Lewis and the way that he's played since, I feel like he's kind of still this this Buffalo kept secret where he doesn't get this respect around the league. And, you know, people talk about, you know, he's the nickel cornerback. He's covering the third receiver. I, I'm not really here to to hear that type of talk anymore because the bills do play a base nickel defense. He's, he's essentially a third starting quarterback cornerback. Um, teams shift their star receivers into the slot all the time. Now it's, it's no longer, you know, this specialized role for, you know, guys that are quick and twitchy, but struggle to get off of coverage. People teams like to use that slot position to create advantages and Taron Johnson has been steady. He's been a strong player. He's great in run support. And I guess overall, I if I put a number on it, it it's higher than 82. Maybe like 86, 87 range. But I, I think he really stepped up his game and kind of just became this, I guess, focal, focal point may be the wrong word, but kind of just this this pin that goes into the secondary that we don't always have to think about Taron Johnson and like the nickel spot being, being this area that we can get targeted in. Um, Kyer Elam starting out at a 73. I don't think that's terribly low for, for a rookie coming in at that position. Um, I was curious to see what Trey White came in at 
Um, I wasn't able to find what he came in at his rookie year, um, but very similar situations with the um, the area they were taking in the first round, kind of later first round cornerbacks, um, kind of situations that that led them to being picked there. And I think he's just going to be getting dropped into a great system and kind of if if he can tailor that athleticism that he has into doing what's asked of him from this defense i think we we could be talking about two cornerbacks and elam and trey white that could both be 90s and you know just a year or two here and i i think the makeup that Kyrie Elam has, you know, you talk about the work ethic, the, he wanted the playbook on the plane so he could get right to work. Those attributes that this organization looks for. And then I look at what, what they were able to develop out of Taron Johnson, you know, what they were able to get out of an undrafted, um, free agent and Levi Wallace for so many years. Um, Dane Jackson coming in and, and being, you know, at, at least consistent um, as as a late round pick, and then just seeing what this organization's been able to do to develop players in the secondary, um, let alone one with you know that first round pedigree that the the attributes that are you know kind of setting him up to be great. Working with the development of these coaches, I, I think the sky's the limit for him. We'll move into the linebackers here, and I guess this is an area where I think there's probably some debate amongst Bills fans um, on the plus side or the negative side, but I I think Madden kind of hit these two right on. Um, Tremaine Edmonds, 84, 8th overall in the league, and Milano in 81, um, 12th overall. I think... I think this is right about where they should be at. Um, Milano, you know, you're putting them right in the kind of right on the cusp of the top 10. I think what he does in this defense uh, is really valuable, and there's a lot asked from the linebackers in the system. Um, but it, I don't think he's going to be confused for, you know, one of the best linebackers in the league. I think just outside of the top 10 is is a very reasonable spot to put him in and hey when we were talking about him being uh what fifth round pick converted safety that they turned into a linebacker and you ended up putting in that of investment and got a player just outside of the top 10 in this position i think i think that's a great place to be for him um the the one that i think is more going to be a debate here um, because as always with Tremaine Edmonds, it's, it's polarizing in Bill's mafia. You know, there's, there's this sector that thinks that he doesn't get the respect that he should. And the sector that thinks that he's grossly overrated. And I think they kind of hit it right on the head here. Uh, eighth overall at his position, you know, he's, he's not at least hasn't been in at this point in his career one of those like top three four guys i guess i would say the the darius leonards the fred warners i think that he's an above average player for sure and 
kind of right on the the bottom cusp of, of of a top ten player at his position. I think that's kind of the perfect spot for him. And does does that help me any with you know what I would do with his contract coming up? Uh, I don't really think so. I don't. I, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be Brandon Bean on that decision um, because I I do think there is something to say for you know how young he is, um, how much more he could still grow just. With his physical size, his athleticism, all those traits, I I think there's still a lot of room for him to grow, and he could kind of be in that, that top tier of linebacker. But also, you know, that first contract is up, and you've kind of had the time to develop into that. So not really sure what that contract's going to look like, but as of right now where where they have him slated, I, I think is... I think it's pretty good for him. And I think both Edmonds and Milano could see pretty significant growth this year. And that has a lot to do with the defensive line that we think they've assembled in front of them. So we'll move into the front seven guys. And I'm just kind of been going through and listing kind of the top two, three, four guys at, at each position here. The front seven, I'm going to, kind of dive into just because of how much youth we have at some of the positions and and how much we like to use a rotation um if anybody out there has played Madden you know there's no setting to to replicate the rotation that the Bills run on defense um but I'm I'm looking at this kind of as like if it was playing out on the field um so Ed Oliver is the highest rated um interior guy and then uh, Von Miller, obviously the highest rated defensive end at 92. Ed Oliver coming in at 81. Um, Daquan Jones, 75. Jordan Phillips, 74. Tim Settle, 73. Groot at a 76. Epinesa, 72. Shaq Lawson, 72. Boogie Basham, 70. And I guess the only one here that I really have a gripe with is Ed Oliver. Um, I think some of the... Some of those other guys, um, Tim Settle included, still a little bit younger, um, haven't had a ton of reps. Um, I look at Boogie Basham, Epinesa, um, even Groot. You know, Groot kind of got the playing time last year, but it was still in this heavy rotation with veterans in front of him. And I think Groot showed a good amount last year, but I think 76 is, is right about where he should be. Kind of that show us that next step and and get into that next tier. The one that makes me scratch my head a little bit here is Ed Oliver. And I I have to figure that there's a little bit of like the the stat padding that goes into this. Because um, we've talked about it here so many times. Ed Oliver, he's he's not always showing up on the stat sheet. You know, he, he hasn't had like a 10-sack season not putting up these McDonald's numbers, but if you were just watching the games last year, in particular through the second half of the season, there was just so many games where he was able to just get the pressure in the quarterback's face and and just cause problems coming up the middle, looking like his hair was on fire. And I think we saw that come out of him last year, and we were always talking about 
you know, the previous season, um, Starla Tulele not being there and Oliver playing out of position and all that. And even last year, we saw Star miss so much time with injuries and having gotten COVID and all that. And Ed Oliver still shined. And when I look at this, I look at this defense and kind of Daquan Jones coming in to be that star replacement, I'm just hoping for that health and availability of Daquan Jones that if he can fill that role that we thought star would consistently be of kind of just eating up space and maybe taking up an extra blocker, I think this season for me, I think Ed Oliver is about to blow up. I think he's going to have a monster year and that's just me. And maybe 81 is, is the right number for that because he hasn't quite had that monster year. Um, but I think we're, if we're having this conversation next year and we're doing, doing some Madden ratings, I think you see my guy at Oliver, you heard it here first. He's going to crack a 90 next year. Um, that leaves us with the special teams unit and not a ton to talk about here. Matareza comes in at a 74 and whatever. I, I think that's fair for him. You know, a rookie punter that hasn't done anything in the league yet kind of right down the middle of the road i i think he certainly has the potential and we'll see how the development happens here for you know the control of his kicks the his holding ability i don't know how much that might be factored in or not to a madden rating but we're certainly going to be keeping an eye on it here um but 74 seems fair I, I do take a little issue with Tyler Bass being rated uh, 77. And that puts him 15th overall in kickers in the league. And Tyler Bass was pretty much automatic last year. Um, to put him right middle of the pack, it just seems disrespectful to me. Um, he's got an absolute cannon of a leg. Um, and like I said, he, he was just automatic last year. So maybe that's still a little bit of the youth and they want to see a little bit more, uh, from him before that gets boosted up. But that's one that they missed the boat on, in my opinion. Um, that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode. Um, like I said, by the time you're hearing this training camp will have officially started, Ladies and gentlemen, we're getting real close to football season being fully back, so I hope you're ready for it like I am. We'll be bringing you updates along the way and training camp updates, battles, roster projections, all that. Uh, This is the good time of the year. This is where everything starts heating up, so make sure you are uh, subscribed. Make sure the notifications are on. Make sure you don't miss an episode. We'll be here every Monday. Um, But that's going to do it. Again, my name's Justin. Um, You can find me on any social media at jgods22. You can find my partner in crime, Andrew. You can search him anywhere on social medias at 2changs. And you can find our show anywhere where you get your podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, we're everywhere. Uh, Like I said, that's going to do it tonight. Thank you again for joining me, and go Bills. Go Bills.